This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! feels like Friday today. I got a little, I need a little help with the energy. Maybe it's because I haven't watched enough basketball this week. So get our eyes on uh, Arkansas again tomorrow. Got a women's game on Friday. Had a tough loss last night for the women's team in Knoxville. You feeling all right this week, Matt? I'm feeling like it's the end of Friday today. Oh yeah. It's, uh, it's here, you know, Super Bowl Sunday's right here. It's been a good week. Uh, the NFL awards came out, NFL Hall of Fame. They got a lot of stuff going on in the sports world right now. Uh, NBA trade deadline. Got a got a former Arkansas Razorback going to the Dallas Mavs. Uh, Patrick Beverly going up to the Bucks. So, yeah, a lot going on in the sports world. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, no surprise at all with Lamar winning the MVP. Um, you got to, I mean, you got to, you got to, take into account the idea of he was the best player over the course of the entire regular season, but a week, like days before the Super Bowl, and you get your MVP trophy knowing that you were that close to actually playing in the game, it's got to feel a little bit, a little bit rough when you accept that trophy. I mean, you got to, you take it with pride. You certainly deserve it, uh, but... Would you, would you trade the MVP award for a chance to play in the Super Bowl? Not a chance, actually playing in the Super Bowl because Lamar had a chance. You know, I, I I would assume he would say yes. I mean, he's already won the MVP. He's won it twice now. Uh, it's the Football is the ultimate team game, which is it makes it so awesome. Uh, and there's only one winner. When, when you look at it, uh, there's, there's different levels uh, that you have emotionally. You know, if you don't make the playoffs, you're like, well, we, we start building on it for next year. Uh, when you're the number one seed with home field advantage, yeah, it stings. You you know it. It has to stings, and you kind of take it, uh, you know, with a grain of salt. I, I didn't see his acceptance speech or anything, but I'm I'm assuming that, uh, you know, anybody winning these awards, you got to have talent, but you got to give it your hats off to your teammates. That's the only way you can you can have success in this league. You see, there was apparently a fire alarm at the 49ers hotel. Uh, I think that was the day before. They were talking about it yesterday, so it must have been yesterday morning. That happened to me with a couple of a couple of times with uh, the travelers, where I don't think it was you worried about somebody pulling the alarm, but you know you get woken up two thirty, the thing is screaming. There's nothing you can do about it. Did you read where George Kittle just went into the bathroom and covered his ears, closed the door, and just waited until that thing was over? I, I, I'm always of the mind, if I get woken up by an alarm at 2.30 in the morning, I probably should get out of the room, no matter what, and go outside, just in case. You go into the, you go into the bathroom, close the door, cover your ears. Anytime, <laughs> anytime I've been a part of it, the same thing. I don't, I don't think it's happened one, maybe twice, and, and it, was, it was a deal like that, but everybody might come out of the halls or out of your room, and you kind of look around, and then you go back into your room, and you wait for it to, you don't. It's like nobody thinks anything of it, yeah. Niners think that there's some little uh, under-the-table stuff and a little nefarious things going on with this. Don't these uh, don't the fire alarms have a little ink if you if you pull it? I mean, this maybe this was a 
a kid's tale from, from school. Because I've never pulled the fire alarm before. Nor have I asked anybody if they ever had the blue ink from the fire alarm. But that's what we were told. Don't pull the alarm in school because we'll know exactly what it, who, who did it. Well, I think it's a it's an inside job. Somebody's got at the computer in the in the main room, and it's not nobody's doing it analog anymore. Somebody's good point. Yeah, somebody's slipping somebody something, and, and they're saying, "Hey, throw throw this," and and they're doing it electronically. So, I, if it's if it's like that, uh, but yeah, they'll they'll be usually they'll whatever they do, they'll stay at a different hotel for the night before the game, so nobody will and know. don't let anybody know which yeah. hotel it is. Yeah. Just go find yourself the biggest Airbnb in Las Vegas. It's got to be an Airbnb in Vegas that fits a whole football, at least one offense. Vegas is the town. You know, we say New Orleans, and I love New Orleans. Food town hosted the most Super Bowls, but Vegas is going to host the most. In the next 40 years, Vegas is going to host 10 Super Bowls. That's the town to host a Super Bowl. I mean, they're already made for it. You went on yesterday and looked at hotel rooms. There's plenty of vacancy there. You know, it's like, what's going on? I remember Jacksonville hosted a Super Bowl. I and think they, I was a, a junior in college, so it was yeah. They didn't have enough hotel rooms. They had to bring no. they had to bring uh, cruise ships over to serve as as, as floating hotels. That, that that's that. There's a reason Jackson. They're going to build a new stadium, but unless they've built, I don't know how many more hotels, never going to get the Super Bowl there again. They're and still I, having it in Detroit. They'll probably put it in Minnesota again. I think they're going to have another one scheduled at Lucas Oil. So you get a roof. You go to Northern City. Plenty of hotels. They'll put it there. Yeah, if Jacksonville builds a new new uh, new stadium, I'm pretty sure they'll they'll get another Super Bowl. And there's so many golf courses. There is there's plenty of things to do in Jacksonville. But you're right, trying to house everybody is is tough. It's the thing I'd wonder. But so they're going to have another one in in Detroit at some point. So what's the activity? Doing everything it can to stay warm. Well, you got, that's the only activity. You got the Canadian sports. You know, you get to go curling. You get to go throw darts. Uh, you maybe, darts are Canadian only. Maybe go to uh, to a Dave and Buster's of some kind. I mean, uh, whack a mole. You got uh, there's all sorts of uh, all the go to a hockey game. You know, take take the entire football team to go see the Red Wings, and then have some of that great Detroit style pizza, which nobody it, uh, outside of Detroit talks about too much. Uh, boudin or Putin. What, what's the, the it's uh, French fries with gravy and cheese curds? Poutine. Poutine. It's way too. Now, it's, that's one of those ideas that sounds good unless it's made perfectly. Because, I mean, if you don't eat that quickly, it's just turning into a gloppy mess to, of brown stuff. You need it in small doses. That's exactly right. It's, it's great stuff when it's separated. But I guess if you're going to be the right kind of French Canadian, you got to glop it all in one thing. You're right. I mean, they probably have some good. Some I'm not, I shouldn't say good. Because it'd be the same thing as like calling any of the Cincinnati chili good. It's just bleh, gloppy. I wonder, Too gloppiness for me. I wonder when London gets their their Super Bowl. You know? Oh, like I don't think that's gonna happen. Mexico City doesn't get a Super Bowl. I'd be I'd be Chiefs surprised. 49ers in Mexico City. Now wouldn't that be the that would have been the the place? I know Ty and the guys got into that a little bit, and Tommy and, and Chuck thought Ty was nuts about that. that may, maybe so far into the future that I can't picture it, but this is a sport that you have basically you have got to have a team in your hometown if you're going to have the, the Super Bowl. Isn't that what it's about here? You don't have a home field advantage unless you're the Bucs, but and you play in Tampa. And the Rams but, didn't they do it back to back years? Yeah, I mean yeah. every 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 Super Bowl has been played in a city that has an NFL team. Now, some point do you get a team in Europe? It, it, once that happens, and I would think London would be the city, then anything can happen. Get one in uh, Toronto. You know, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, it, it, would, it would feel weird to have the biggest event in American sports not in the United States. But 
I think you put a team in London, you put a team somewhere in Europe, you might host it there. Seven days until Arkansas baseball starts. Um, Woods already texted in the number seven. Wonder how many times people text in Mickey Mantle. Today. George Costanza, seven. Did yeah. he? Did he wear seven? No, but he wanted to name your child seven. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, I don't. Then I'll have to go down on the list then too. Uh, you, John not, Elway, Johnny Football. That was the number one. I think a seven. You think? Yeah, the, we can't go with Manziel as Johnny Football. It would be Elway. El, absolutely. That's uh, if you. I think somebody that would be better in today's game. You imagine John Elway playing in today's game. O M G. He would be the perfect quarterback for right, today's game. A strong arm, athletic. Can do. They don't. They can't touch the quarterbacks anymore. Uh, John Elway, is he underrated? Because nobody talks about him being a top five quarterback all time. Oh that man, you don't you don't hear him. I have I have trouble not putting him in the top ten. So I guess or top five. I'd have to be convinced. I otherwise. got him in the top five. Absolutely, I think John Elway is a top five quarterback. Uh, but that's when you when you talk number sevens. That's who. That's the first one I go to. He's my favorite non-Steeler football player, certainly of my childhood in the eighties. I I loved Elway. I rooted for him in every Super Bowl he played, and for all the times that the Steelers lost and it broke my heart when Denver beat Pittsburgh to go to the Super Bowl. And I, I think that was the first year that Elway won the Super Bowl that, that year. I didn't feel that bad about it. I was so happy for him. They beat Green Bay and then they beat um, the Falcons. They beat Atlanta next. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess if you're thinking of number seven, there's a lot of them that come down the pike. Mickey Mantle those is top of the list. And that one hits for me because uh, my father grew up in New York City. He was a Yankees fan from birth. Mickey Mantle to him and just about every young man of his age or boy of his age, Mickey Mantle was God. I think I was pretty close to being named Mickey. There are a lot of, there are a lot of older dudes of my dad's age that named their sons Mickey. I know a few of them. How, how would you like to do a show today with Mickey Elson, Matt? Mickey Elson. I like it. So, you know, the last running back, the last team to win the Super Bowl that had the running back that led the NFL in, in rushing yards. Terrell Davis. Was the Denver Broncos. You know who led the NFL in rushing yards this year? Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. That's right. You could have a... Could I think back. there's only been three NFL rushing champions who have won a Super Bowl. Emmett Smith would be the third. Or would, uh, Emmett Smith, Walter, Emmett Smith Walter, actually did it a couple of times. Walter Payton? No, not in 85. Oh, well, he won, he won a rushing tile, but not in that year. Not okay, that year. I got you, I got you. That's one reason why it's, if you're going to try to slow San Francisco down with all those weapons, it's got to be McCaffrey first and foremost you worry about. God, he scares me. I, it's, it's like Steph Curry. When Steph Curry gets off the bus, he can make a shot. When, when, when McCaffrey gets off the bus, you have to know where he is at all times. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dry January is over. Check out the new Valentine's Day specials like liquor-filled chocolates. They have Jack Daniels Store Pick Barrel and Willet Bourbon and Rye as well. Come by Eastside Liquor at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. Our friend Aaron Torres from the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast and uh, Aaron Torres Sports Media Afternoon. Well, it's morning. It's morning here where we are. It's morning where you are. 
Uh, I'm a little messed up this week, uh, AT. Obviously, I don't know what day it is. I don't know what if it's morning or afternoon. But how are you at the end of the week? I mean, I'm great. Uh, where are you? I mean, are you traveling with basketball or what? No, we were. Yeah, it's a lot. We were traveling last night. We're in Gainesville. Um, I'm in our our ESPN Arkansas studios now. I'm my way back home uh, for the weekend. So okay, good. Yeah. Um, Super Bowl's coming up on Sunday. I should be watching it with the women's basketball that. team in Knoxville. Yeah, you've heard about this NFL championship game coming up here. Uh, yeah. Should be a great game. Which way are you leaning? Oh, um, <clears throat> well, I mean, listen, I'm going to be the most cliche guy ever. Uh, I mean, <laughs> as somebody who was adamant that the Ravens were going to win the AFC championship game, uh, I'm just done betting against Mahomes. The one thing I will say, guys, and I'll make it a college football topic. I was thinking about this yesterday. I talked about it on my show today. Um, we spent all November and December talking about how in college football, this was Nick Saban's greatest coaching job ever this past season, obviously the one before he retired. And, and the, the argument is, you know, he kind of figures out about two, three weeks in, hey, you know, Jalen Milrow isn't going to be the guy that we were hoping he would be a quarterback. Not that he's bad, but he's just different. And so why I bring it up is because I think the Kansas City Chiefs are basically the NFL version of Alabama or Alabama's the college version of the Kansas City Chiefs where, you know, everybody wants to spend so much time talking about, uh, you know, Mahomes and whatever. And it's like, you actually watch the games, and I know all of you did because 50 million people have over the last couple weekends. It's kind of the defense that's carrying them into, like, Mahomes' credit. Uh, he's kind of... You know, people want to call Brock Purdy a system quarterback, but Mahomes is kind of a system quarterback. Run the ball, keep the clock moving, let the defense take over. They haven't had to score a lot. So I like KC, but it's not because of Mahomes. It's because I think they it took a while. They finally figured out who they are. And uh, because of it, I think that, that that is what has led to their success and their continued success on Sunday. Aaron, I'm, I had uh, Baltimore and Detroit playing in it. So, yeah, don't ask me. Uh, about the Super Bowl, <laughs> but Spags he made the NFL MVP. Uh, Lamar exactly uh, looked pedestrian. So, what do you think? How, what do you do against Christian McCaffrey? Because I think that's what San Francisco, with what their whole thing goes around. How do you stop Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, I mean, Matt, you're you know much more about the schematics than I do. Um, but I will say, I think you know. Listen, I mean. Uh, I picked Detroit as well, and it was probably for a lot of the same reasons. And, and you know, one of the cool things about the shift that I do, um, you know, at least the first game, the Green Bay Packers, I was on air uh, right after that Packers game when the, the 49ers barely held on. I think that's another thing that stands out is a couple really slow starts, and so how do you slow down McCaffrey? I don't know, but you force Brock Purdy to beat you, and especially early in games, he has struggled. And I think that's another reason why I, I do kind of like Kansas City in this game is, San Francisco, two fourth quarter comeback, two second half comebacks, you know, have been much better, have been basically a second half team. Kansas City's basically locking everybody down in the second half. And so if you fall behind, they're running the ball, they're playing good defense, and now you're putting the ball in a quarterback's hands who has not, you know, listen, we all have the, the narratives on Brock Purdy, but, um, you know, is he a guy that, that can lead three, four scoring drives against what will be the best defense that he has seen? so far in these playoffs. And so that's another concern of mine. How do you stop Christian McCaffrey? I don't know, but I think part of it is probably, Hey, make Brock Purdy beat us. Uh, he, he, I guess you could say to a degree he has in the, the fourth quarter, of the last two games, but he hasn't put together anything close to a good four, uh, a full four quarters just yet. I'm sure there's gotta be a prop bet on this somewhere, uh, on bet Sarah's in here in Arkansas. I'm sure there is, um, the idea of will the 
game MVP go to an offensive or defensive player? And I'll tell you what, mm. when you think about it, and you're right about Kansas City, and we've hit on this a lot, it, they've been, the defense is like a no-name defense. Nobody talks about yep. them. You know, But I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if, if the winning team, the best player, or at least the most valuable player, is on defense. You could legitimately see uh, a, a Super Bowl a with 23, 21 type of I game. I was going to say yeah. maybe under the right circumstances, both teams under 20. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too, if that is the, the angle that you want to take on the Bet Saracen app, again, I, I you just said it, Phil, it's a no-name defense. I'm not smart enough to tell you who it is, but Purdy's been a little turnover prone as well. So maybe one of those the back, the, uh, defensive backs has an interception, maybe two, a couple picks, brings one back to the house, whatever. Um, but no, I, and I think that's kind of the, the interesting narrative. And it's funny, you know, obviously the three of us, we don't talk like a ton of it. Like we're not coming out on a Monday and breaking down NFL games, but it is interesting. These shows that do it full time. I get that you want to hit on kind of the big, bold, sex, sexy topics, but it's like, you know, I keep seeing all this stuff about Mahomes, this, that, and it's like, is anyone actually watching it? Like, is anyone watching the game? It's the defense. It has been the defense all playoffs. Um, and I'll say this, I, I am I am fascinated by this game because I know you opened the show by saying, or opened the segment by asking me, like, who do you like? I like Kansas City, but I wouldn't say I love them. I wouldn't say if I was sitting uh, in a sports book that I'd rush and, and throw all my money on one side. I mean, I, I could see it going the other way. Some years, some games, I just don't see that. So I think it's going to make for a compelling game because it, it really is two really good teams. Kansas City certainly playing the best football of their season. San Francisco, uh, probably uh, the most talented team in the league. It's going to be a fun game, though, Sunday. It's going to be a fun game. Uh, we had some great college basketball over the weekend. We kind of, it's not like we took our eyes off of it this week because Arkansas didn't play, but that felt like a respite uh, from what it has been like to watch at times. Devo's back, though. Uh, Must released it on, on, on Monday in his radio show. He even worked out with them. They had good meetings. He's been practicing. We don't know the situation with Trevin Brazil just yet. If he'll be back from the knee injury, I think Muss has a media availability. It might have already happened this morning. But uh, they got Georgia tomorrow, and I don't know. If if he ain't going to turn it around this weekend against Georgia, which is not a great team, but a team that controlled Arkansas throughout the entire game when they did meet in Athens, then it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and all I would really say too is, is Georgia, like, so to your point, yes, this would be a nice week to kind of get things back on track. You had the middle of the week off, uh, you know, everybody catches their breath, whatever. Georgia also is just, I'm just going to say it. I don't care if I make enemies. I don't think if Georgia even has basketball fans, I I think they would probably tend to agree with me. Mike White just has an eight year track record, nine year track record now in the SEC. He's just not a good basketball coach. I mean, every single one of their games ends up the same. They, They get off to a hot start. Um, you know, they have the talent. That's the other thing. In this portal world, you look at some of the players that they brought in this offseason, um, you know, they, they probably have top 30, top 40 talent in college basketball, top 25 talent maybe even. But, you know, the other day they had a 14-point lead at halftime against Alabama, blew it. Uh, uh, last Saturday they had a big lead and blew it. And so this is an opportunity. Now, again, Arkansas not playing well, but they also had some time off in the middle of the week. And so – We'll see what happens. You know, I, I think the big question for me is how do you reintegrate Devo Davis? I mean, I thought it was interesting. They started to play well without him, but then the last time we saw him at LSU, they cert- you certainly wouldn't say uh, that he was, you know, 
it, it wasn't good at LSU. You guys don't need me to tell you that. So I just bring it up to very simply say is that I think on the surface it felt like they maybe had turned a corner with once he had left the team. Now I think it's obviously pretty hard to say that. Now I'm just curious how he looks with that group tomorrow. Hey, Aaron. Yeah, the, the SEC is loaded. I, I didn't have South Carolina uh, number one in the SEC right now. I still think yeah. ten, Tennessee, uh, right? Yeah, weren't they picked last? I, th- I still like Tennessee <laughs> just as much as anybody in this conference. But I, but I want to ask you about Kentucky and Coach Cal. Uh, I, I kind of have a thinking that I don't know if Coach Cal is going to be there much longer, like two, three, four years. Do you think that relationship with him and Coach with, with Kentucky, do you think he's their coach uh, for the next five, ten years there? It's a great question, Matt. Um, and I think the last two weeks, and I know we shouldn't face, you know, these decisions on, on such a short narrative, but there was so much negativity over the last couple of years. Last year was kind of just an, uh, a forgettable year. The year before you lose to a 15-season tournament, the year before that is a debacle during COVID. And so I just bring it up because this year with all the freshmen, he kind of got back to going to that freshman-heavy model. They were awesome. They beat North Carolina in the preseason. They destroyed their rival Louisville. And it felt like the fan base was like, hey, whether we win, lose, whatever, who cares? Um, the only thing that we care about is that, that we're fun. Not, I don't want to say who cares, but we're fun again. We're playing at an elite level. I do think the last last week was tough. You lose to Florida at home, that's bad enough. But you lose to Tennessee in a night game. The crowd's been riled up. They've been camping out all day. And you just don't show up ready to play. And, oh, by the way, you give up 100 points. Now, to your point, Matt, I think Tennessee is one of the two or three best teams in the country. Forget the SEC. I think they're one of the two or three best teams in the country when they're fully clicking. Um, but it doesn't excuse giving up 100, 200, three points, whatever it was. And I think this is kind of an important stretch for them. They get Gonzaga at home on this weekend. Gonzaga's not playing well. Ole Miss at home is obviously much improved this year. These are games, if you're Kentucky, you have to win. You can't keep losing these games, especially at home. And to your point, Matt, if it goes sideways, if they finish sixth in the SEC and they end up as a seventh seed and they lose in the second round again, um, I think it gets very interesting. And I wouldn't have said that three, four weeks ago, but I think the last week and a half where they've kind of a lot of the struggles of previous years have reemerged with what is unquestionably one of the most talented rosters in college basketball, definitely can say for sure there's a, a, a growing frustration within that family. It's interesting. I don't view Calipari as a coach that would get out of the sport because of the current changes. I think he's a guy who's... No! Been, no, not at all. I think it's, you know, it's, I think of it in terms of Harbaugh in a little bit, but almost in reverse. Because he had all most of his success, or at least big success in the, in the NCAA tournament earlier in his tenure at Kentucky... You know, Harbaugh has been in reverse, gets the national championship. But part of this is like, it's not a broken relationship with the fans that I think you're worried about here. It's a a relationship with the athletic director. And I think that's a a major reason why Harbaugh wanted to get out of Michigan. I think maybe in sanctions might be a reason why too, but he and Manuel, I don't think got along. And I, you know, I get the same sense. I think you've even brought it up too about Mitch Barnhart. And, and Calipari, that, that that's also part of it. But I, I don't view Calipari the same way that I do Krzyzewski or, or Jay Wright, um, you know, or Saban. You know, I think he got out too. I don't think it's because of current changes. Bill, that was such, like, awesome inside baseball right there, and I'm being 100% serious because that is a big thing. There is real friction there. Um, there's been public friction over probably the last 18 months. I just talked to somebody else this week that basically was like, yeah, they, they don't really have any sort of relationship. They, they talk when they have to, and beyond that, that's all that it is. 
And so, you know, I think the big thing, what I'll say about Kentucky fans, listen, every, everyone in our business and everyone listening knows the loudest, most vocal fans are on social media. I don't think the fan base is nearly as just ready to run this guy out of town as, as everybody thinks they are. Um, but I also do think there is a level of expectation at Kentucky. I mean, it's one thing if, if you know, you're, you're, you're really good. And, and I think even fans understand the SEC is improving as well. But when you see teams like Alabama, Auburn consistently now, Phil, being better than you, not just a one, one-off, one-year blip, but really a four or five year track record. That's why I think I really do think these next two, three weeks, you have to get on track. You have to win some of these toss up games. You get Bama at home in a couple weeks. You play Tennessee again. You play at Auburn. These are games you have to win. And oh, by the way, you have to avoid bad losses too. It's going to be a fascinating couple weeks if it goes sideways. Not sure that it will, but it, it could get really toxic there really quick. And to your excellent point, Phil, it's not just the fans that are frustrated. There's real friction with the AD as well. AT, appreciate you. Have a great weekend, and we'll reconvene on uh, college baseball opening day in a week from today. Okay? Yeah! Woo! All right. I'll be I'll be in the, the hog pen. I'll see you there. I know you will. Noted college baseball guy, Aaron Torres. Thanks, Aaron. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Well, head of the McClarty Daniel Hotline. It is a baseball conversation now. Maybe a few other things. James Teague, former Arkansas pitcher, is back for another season with his father at Teague Law Firm. They've been around nearly 30 years helping you, your family, and friends going through tough times. They're the best of Northwest Arkansas in 2019, 2021, and 22. James will help you with all family law matters, guardianships, adoption, child support. He'll help with criminal law, such as ranging anywhere from felonies, traffic offenses, DWIs, and more. Teague Law Firm is a full-service law firm. They help in estate needs as well. You're going to talk to actual lawyers. You don't have to go through a bunch of secretaries. That's Teague Law Firm. They're online at teague-law.com. They're on the phone at 479-877-1688. James Really excited to have you back throughout this baseball season every Friday on halftime. And how are you? Phil, I'm, I'm ecstatic to be back. I'm looking forward to another season. It feels like we just, we just left off, it feels like. But, um, you know, it's warming up. You can kind of feel it in the air. Baseball season's, you know, right around the corner. So I'm, I'm excited to be back. You're going to be pretty fired up to watch this pitching staff. Um, I know you had, you had a lot of talented pitchers that were teammates of yours at Arkansas. I've seen a lot of talented pitchers on this team since you left the program, um, I'm not sure if I saw a, a, a more talented group of starting pitchers than, than what we're going to be trotting out next weekend and hopefully throughout the rest of the season. It's really something to see. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's no question the group we're looking at here is uh, quite a bit better than anything we had working for us, you know, 2014 to 16. Um, These guys, you know, I think you've got the experience. You've also got, you know, just the stuff and the velocity as well. And if they, you know, put it all together, I think they could really, really do something special. You know, we've kind of said that the last couple of years, and then we've had some injuries and this, that, and the other. So I think if they stay healthy and do what they can do, it could be pretty exciting starting rotation yeah I, I, and, and and right now everyone's healthy and that's the best we've we've seen I've, I've been able to get my eyes on each of the starters uh velocity's up their stuff looks good um Hagen added a, a split-fingered fastball to go along with uh the change up and his breaking pitch and I really think about that splitter with his fastball which does stay up a little bit could be a real weapon and man he's got a chance to maybe be a top 10 pick this next season too yeah, I, I haven't seen the splitter in person. Uh, splitters can be tough. It seems like guys either have it or they don't. A lot of times it has to do with just how the ball feels in your hand or how large your fingers are to whether you can throw it. So it's, I think it's a pitch that can be kind of fleeting and kind of hard to find. But if he can, you know, throw it for strikes and have a success with it to pair with that fastball, you know, that's going to be pretty deadly. I feel I might have asked you about this before, but I kind of figured, did you ever throw a splitter? Did you try that pitch before? So I tried to throw like a, a kind of a hybrid between a splitter and a changeup because my hands are pretty small, so I had a hard time really throwing like a true splitter. But I also would cut a changeup. I couldn't get it to pronate quite right, so I would actually imagine throwing a two-seam and you just take your fingers outside of the two-seam and throw it kind of like a splitter, but I couldn't command it very well, so I ended up kind of abandoning abandoning it. Yeah, that, that is a pitch that if also if you don't throw it right, it's going to end up either all the way to the backstop or it's going to end up over the fence. So you got to make sure. Yeah. I had enough pitches to the backstop. I didn't want to try to add some crazy splitter and have a couple more. Hey, what's life like for you now, man? I mean, you had a you had a, a, a kid well, last baseball season while we were on the air. Well, it didn't happen while we were on the air. It was during the season. That would have been an interesting segment. Yeah. I think you got another one on the way too, right? No, uh, not another one on the way. So we did have one in June, and yeah, thankfully uh, delivery didn't occur while we were on the air. That would have been interesting. Uh, he's, yeah, <laughs> he's doing great. Uh, he's growing. He's uh, it's fun. You know, we had a girl first. You know, girls are amazing, and then now we have a boy, and then it's like a whole new world with a boy. So fun, kind of having a little me running around uh, trying to. And he's eight months now, so he's starting to get a little more personality. So it's a lot of fun. You know, it's like to try to take a kid of that age to a baseball game because I'm I'm assuming it's you can't stay away from Baum Walker throughout the season. But when does he get to go to his first game? I will get him some earmuffs. I think he'll we'll give some ah. earmuffs. You know, bundle them up. You know, we're I'm throwing out the first pitch on Saturday. Oh. So he'll be there. Uh, he'll be there to uh, you know cheer me on. I guess hope that one doesn't go to the backstop, but. Uh, are you That'll throwing, be his first one. Are you going to throw the knuckle? What What are you going to go out there with? Well, I think Bobby's catching, so I was giving Bobby a hard time that maybe you know I'd kind of deke him a little bit and kind of come in soft and then you know missile one in there. But I don't want to look like a tryhard either, so I think I'll just lob it. Wait a minute! No, 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 no! I mean, you gotta you gotta make Bobby work. He works with the catchers. Make him make him show the catchers exactly how to block a pitch in the dirt. I mean, come on! I mean, you can exactly. help. You can help the team here. I told him, I was like, I want to see you in full gear, you know, signs, the whole deal. And then I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll take it easy on you. Cause I mean, nothing looks worse than the has been that shows up and tries to let one go. And then it spikes it. And then it's like, Oh, that's, you know, 
give it up, buddy, you know. But you got to do it on the mound, right? Like, you can't be a former Arkansas pitcher that, that played in the professional ranks and, and, and throws that ceremonial first pitch from the downslope of the mound. Like, you got to be on the, on, the, on the top of the hill, right? You're probably already getting your arm loose. Yeah, but it, it may it feels a bit sacrilegious to touch the rubber. You know, you want the opening you know starter to be the first on the mound. You know, the dirt's clear; he can rake out the rubber how he likes. He might not want a bunch of tennis shoe tracks on it either. So that's another consideration. What was the nickname that we heard from you when you pit? Was it the uh, Angry T? Was that what it was? Oh, <laughs> it was Teague X. It was Teague the X. Ego. Yeah. What would Teague X's <laughs> reaction have been if some guy threw a ceremonial first pitch on the hill? and had his footprint there, and you're the starting pitcher that day. Uh, yeah, there, there would have been some words exchanged for sure. It would have been, you know, who do you think you are? Your days are over, loser, get out of here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think I'll just play it safe, maybe throw it from the, from the, front, of the front of the cut of the, of the mound. James, I know you know about the injury to Peyton Stovall, and so there's a couple ways to look at this. One, looking at it from the player side of things here, and I hate this for Peyton, uh, you know, a, a broken foot is something you can come back from, and hopefully it's not something that lingers like a, like a, like an arm injury or a torn muscle can sometimes. Uh, but I, I, I'm starting to feel like, you know, how difficult it can be to, you know, his, his season essentially will start like against Ole Miss in April. He won't have that, that time to ramp it up against non-conference teams. I don't know if we'll ever see Peyton at his best you know, he's never he's a freshman freshman season. He was good near the end, injured last year, and um, man, he was probably he was going to be a first round pick coming in here. So I hate it for him. Yeah, you, you got to just hope that you know the injuries happen earlier opposed to later. Maybe he ramps up early on in SEC play, and then by the time the postseason comes around, he's playing his best at that time. And really, that's when we need to be playing our best. Um, we may just kind of get bits and pieces of him as as his career goes on just by way of these injuries that continue to happen. But I think ultimately, as long as he has time to really ramp up prior to the postseason, that's really all you can ask for. But then there's the other side to it. And it's how does the team deal with this? And I think you'll see uh, Jared Sprague lot, the transfer from Richmond play at second base Mm -hmm. and Peyton hold at third base. Um, So I think it, I mean, I'll try to spin this in a positive way. It might, it's going to remove a little bit of the power from the lineup, maybe some run production, Mm -hmm. But I think Sprague Lott looks really fast. I think he's a really good infielder. Dave said he's the best infielder on the team. So mm. it'll be interesting to see what happens when Stovall does come back because this is Jared's opportunity, you know, to start in the SEC after playing in the A-10 for four years. Yeah, I think you look back, you know, how the year starts is, you know, way different than how it ends. And so I think – as more, many guys that get opportunities and produce and maybe the lineup gets moved around. This guy started third, maybe goes to second, you know, shortstops hurt. This guy moves around. There's going to be a lot of shuffling. So I think these guys, it's just a matter of, you know, who's going to fill that spot, who's going to produce. And then the lineup kind of writes itself from there. Yeah. It kind of does feel like that. Um, when you were at Arkansas and it's seven days before the start of the real season and it's a scrimmage weekend, what's this weekend like? So it's funny you say that. I had a I had a Friday morning class. It was a psych class, and I'm like very very curious, very intuitive. I really love the class, but I would always be a little nervous, and I would think I'm so nervous. I don't want to get into an argument on some psychology principle because you know I'm, I got to focus on the game, and so I'd always very, be very reserved in that class. Where typically I'd be very outspoken, 
uh, just because it's nerve-wracking, you know. You've got all the, you know, the fans are ready, people are ready. Like I said, it's getting warm outside. Your parents, everyone everyone wants to come watch, and it's just, um, you know, it's just part of part of the experience. And so you got to gear up, you got to get ready for it. Absolutely. Well, we're excited about the season, obviously. We'll be airing every game on ESPN Arkansas. We'll have James on each Friday here on halftime. I think he'll be on uh, the other two shows to uh, talk a little bit throughout the week as well. And James, uh, what's going on these days at the Teague Law Firm that you want to tell us about? It's kind of more the same. You know, we're just plugging along, kind of doing what we do. It's a, the caseload, I would say, is more more domestic, being family law, divorce, custody, child support, those things. But I, I kind of feel like a veteran since we talked last. You know, a, lot of, a lot of cases under my belt since our last conversation. But it's really going well. I think we're really finding our stride and excited to just you know keep doing what we're doing. Well, that's great. Well, we'll get into more of that as uh, we go throughout the baseball season, too. Who, who you got in the Super Bowl, James? Oh, yeah. You know, I think the Chiefs have just kind of been given – the world. I, I just, I can't root for the Chiefs. I, I know, you know, Bobby Wernus, he's a big Chiefs fan and everyone loves the Chiefs. And Dave Van Horn Mahomes. too. I, I just, I, I, I want to see the Chiefs lose. I know, I know some people will hate that, but I, that's kind of where I'm at. That's, um, that's James the hater right there. I understand where you're coming from <laughs> there too. James, it's great talking with you. We'll uh, look forward to it next Friday. Okay. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm, and Matt, I'm glad to be on with you guys and I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. Thank James you. Teague from the Teague Law Firm. Uh, he does uh, does great work over there, and he's, he's really good when it comes on halftime here. I'd be starting to feel the um, the nerves about the being ready fuzzies. for that first pitch. Yeah. Well, I mean, not for the baseball season itself, but to actually go back out there and throw out a ceremonial first pitch. It feels like it might be... How many first pitches have you thrown? Never. Oh, okay. Never done I it. I figured you might be old hat at that. No, nope, yeah. never done it. Nobody's ever asked me to do it before. I'm not saying please ask me to do it either, because look, I get nervous before I go on the air for a base for a, for a baseball game or a basketball game or this show. I'd be scared out of my mind. What about your pops, so? though? Oh, he thinks he'd, he'd be ready to pitch against the Razorbacks. He'd be right like, now. I, I'll go the first inning. For no, 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 yeah. no. He doesn't want to throw out the ceremonial first pitch. He actually wants to take on the team. I like it. He's asked me this before. He legitimately started asking me one time when I worked for the Travelers. Can I get a one-day contract? And I thought he was more like half-joking than anything else. But he really thinks he could get these guys out. Well, the reason you might get them out, it's like, you ever watched you ever watched Arkansas struggle against um, a team that nobody has a fastball any better than 75? Well, they struggle because they should be able to hit, they, they're, they're seeing 75 in batting practice and geared up for something that's like 90 during the game. They're like, Dad, like, you know. This is why you might actually get them out. But I don't need to be tearing my father down. Do not need to be uh, tearing my father down. Hickey and Hole Law Partners are now here for you and all your legal needs in MENA and the Little Rock area. Hickey and Hole Law Partners specializing in divorce, custody cases, civil litigations, and more. Having over seven decades of combined experience to better serve you and the community you live in. Please visit KevinHickeyLaw.com or call us at 479-434-2414 for a consultation or come by an office nearest you. Things are about to get better. 
Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. 3-0 record to start the season for uh, Courtney Diefel's softball team. Women's basketball, though, took one on the chin last night with, man, this was a tough one to figure out. Arkansas had maybe their best quarter of the season last night. They scored 35 points in the second quarter at uh, Gainesville in the O-Dome, took a 10-point lead into the fourth quarter, and lost by four. 85-81 the final score. That was a chance for uh, the ladies' basketball team to get to two games over 500 in the league. Eaters came in two and six to that one. That's a hard one. It's a hard one. Florida just a step in front of Arkansas in the net rankings, and that could have been uh, that would have been a hu- I think it would have been a huge win uh, for the Razorbacks if they could have pulled it off. Road win in conference. Teams just in front of you in the net, and it was there for the taking. But too many turnovers, uh, especially in the second half. And some of them felt like mindless turnovers or just, you know, just not paying attention to certain things. And a lot of those turnovers were converted into easy, quick baskets by Florida. And uh, Hogs just, it wasn't a matter of like cold shooting in the fourth quarter. They did go cold, but they just didn't get enough shots up. Too many turnovers. Yeah, you, you never want to beat yourself. Uh, you never want to make it easy for the other team, and, and that's what you do when you when you have a turnover. I kind of relate it to tennis as an unforced error. You, you just can't you can't keep – or in baseball, when you have to get four outs in an inning instead of three. You just can't keep giving them easy chances. And a lot of times, Phil, if you have a turnover on offense, it leads to an easier shot on defense. I mean, for the other offense. Well, that's exactly what happened. You know, if you – some of the turnovers were just like um, – it wasn't a play made by the opponent. It was just a pass that was thrown right to them or to nobody in particular. And then the next thing you know, you know, there's a gator in the front court. Nobody's there and it's a breakaway layup. And that, that happened. I mean, you could probably count it on two hands. Um, it took Mike a little bit longer to get to sit with me post game, And that usually says something about um, his mindset for, 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 for the way that game was played. Because he doesn't go talk to the team in the locker room too often right when the game is over. And he doesn't do too much of the talking. He lets them do the talking amongst themselves. Um, but he was in that locker room for a little bit. And he was very disappointed to the point where he said that they, they were scheduled to have a day off today. It is that point in the season where, you know, you'd like to get some of your players uh, some time to get their feet up, especially when you're dealing with foot injuries or leg injuries. But I think they're practicing today. So they got a tough one on Monday, too, against the Tennessee Volunteers Monday night at Knoxville, which is always a tough place to go play. Summit Arena. That'd be... Uh, Summit Floor. I think uh, they've got the floor name for her. That, uh, yeah, Tennessee, are they still... Pre- is, I mean, they're not as good as they once was. Shout out to Toby Keith, the late great. But they, uh, they're they still pretty good, right? They're still pretty good, but not, not where, you know, you expect that Tennessee basketball is or or where they were I think even last year they had what, kind what of is a really this? rough non-conference they've played better in conference they're seven and three so that's not it's not bad at all actually 
Do you think being on the road had anything to do with it? Do you think it, the sloppiness that if they would have been at home, the lady, the ladies probably would have maybe held, held on to the ball? Did that have anything to do with it? I, I would say maybe, but you know, a couple of the players were were in their home state. Spencer and Scott are from Florida, um, and I've did seen, they press I've, a little bit? You think? Were they? I, yeah, I think they yeah. pressed. I yeah, think that yeah. a lot of times they're one of the things that you'll see this team do is um, force a drive into the lane, try to create contact. The shot's not going to look pretty, but you expect to get to the foul line. And they got to the line 20 times, and Matt, they made them all last night. They went 20 for 20 at the foul line. I feel it's tough to lose a game when you go 20 for 20 at the foul line. That's a stat right there. I wonder in the history of college uh, women's sports, even men's if you want to, but we're we're talking uh, the lady, lady basketball, how many times in the history of, of college basketball, lady basketball, has a team went 20 for 20, at least 20, yeah, 20 and lost the game? Right. That didn't happen. And made 11 threes. That's crazy. And had, you know, the shooting percentage was pretty good, but they allowed too many points in the paint. And, and, and really, like, some of the turnovers, I think, also were shots that didn't hit the rim where there wasn't a foul called, and you're trying to force one up to get to the foul line. There was a lot of that. And, and even Mike could put it in the terms of, you know, like almost like, I don't know if he didn't use the term offensive flop, but that's the way that I viewed it. You know, just like a, a bit of a flop to try to exacerbate your actions so that the officials see something and they didn't see something sometimes. Well, and if you go, if you go to the, to the hoop and, and you're expecting contact and, and you're looking for it and you're throwing it up and, and you do get banged to the ground, uh, you're you're it's five on four right there. You know you got to get up as quick as you can and get back on defense because you're already behind. If it's uh, not a decent shot and the and the, the balls the the transition, it's going the other way right away. You know, and so I also think the idea of it does would that have happened at home? You'd say no, but I have seen some lapses at home from from that team. You know, and if you feel the same way about the men's team right now, like you can't just take into account because you're home and playing a team in Georgia that really isn't all that good that you're going to see some kind of fine performance. You know, I mean, they played, they played, I won't say inspired, but they played hard against Kentucky, you know, South Carolina. They controlled that entire game at Bud Walton Arena, which is wild to think about those actual words coming out of your mouth. A&M came in and beat you at Bud Walton Arena. The season doesn't turn around tomorrow for the men's team. Well, uh, it we, ain't going to turn around. We, we got A&M. We, we ended up, they, the men's oh, team. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We, we well, barely. That, I'm looking at the wrong, the wrong we, number gonna, there. The, well, they sh- maybe should have won that game. Out of all the bummers, out of all the bummers this year in college basketball for the Razorbacks, because there's been a handful of them. Let's just say it how it is. It has not been what anybody thought it was going to be or what they wanted to be. It's been a bummer. The season's been a bummer. But out of all the bummers, it's been the eggs they've been at home. It's been the fact that we don't, we can't play LSU. I mean, we went down to LSU. They they they, they smashed us, but just starting with that Auburn game. Yeah, that's the one I met. We I never, we never had a chance. That's been the biggest bummer. And so hopefully, hopefully they can they can ride that ship and make it right and 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 protect that home floor because even in all around the SEC, it's hard to win on the road except for in Bud Walton. It's it's been. Uh, you got to stay in guard. Got to have some pride in your in your home court and in, in, in your home place. And, and let's let's go out there and get it, man. This and is a big only game. Five home games left, counting tomorrow. Find a way to win these five games. You make the NIT, so you get some postseason play. And maybe you can get that at in a home game at Bud Abso- Walton. Arena. Absolutely, you absolutely you would think so. And I don't think anybody'd be all that excited about that. Some people would buy tickets for it, but 
You, you, I think you know. We can win the NIT. Yeah. That's that's something. This team, it, this team would be capable of of getting in the NIT. And and I've always said, you get a chance to hang a banner. Sure. You, you get a chance, man. You go out there and play. Uh, that this team, they you get a couple home games. They don't go to Madison Square Garden anymore. You said for the Final Four. No, I don't NIT. think so. Yeah, I think they were transferring it to Vegas. Everything's going. It's Tom Waite said we're going out west. I might it's, be wrong yeah. about that. Hunter S. Thompson also wrote, that's my favorite piece of anything about Las Vegas. Uh, oh, Fear and Loathing? Fear and Loathing, the book. I mean, the movie's really good. Yeah. I need to open the book up again and 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 read it to my son while I'm putting him to sleep. No, that's a joke. You can't do that. That's your, uh, that's uh, Rum Diary. You know, the Amber Heard, when Johnny Depp met Amber Heard, and they, that, that's when they. It's actually the only time you actually said her name or you were referring to her name. That's Hunter S. Thompson, though. He's, that's, that's part of his, his thing, yeah. The, the start of that book, which I think is also the start of the movie where he's describing everything that's in the trunk. <laughs> it's like, no, the guy, was he, was he ever don't, really sane or not? Don't worry. He'll see these bats soon enough. <laughs> it's craziness. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.